Well, welcome to our service. You're so blessed that you're here. And we're in the third week of our series, you know, You'll Get Through This. And for some of you, you're thinking, well, you know, life is really good right now. And, you know, I'm not having to go through anything right now. But, you know, there are people you know that are in a pit right now. That there are people that you know that are just struggling right now. And it's like, what do I say to them? Or some of you might be going through something and it's, how do I get through this? That's what this series is all about, you know, and there's this misunderstanding, and sometimes I think, like, I add to this misunderstanding that, that when you follow Christ and when you become a Christian, that um, that'll lead to, like, a trouble-free life, you know, like, everything goes great and nothing happens and life's supposed to be, like, perfect once we become a Christian, you know, and, and the truth is that life is hard sometimes, that life is challenging, there'll be storms, there'll be adversity, and there's all kinds of things we'll face, you know. And whether we are Christian or not, being a Christian doesn't mean that life is just going to be trouble-free. But it does mean something, that there's hope because you'll get through this. Life will have challenges, you know. And that's, a honest, that's an honest question, right? Why is this happening? How can this be God's plan for me, you know? And, and life as a Christian, as a non-Christian, doesn't matter. Life's going to have these challenges. But the great news that we have is that with God, you'll get through every challenge. That in John 16, Jesus said this, I have said these things to you. And he was talking about some rough things that are going to be happening in the future. And he said that in me, you may have peace. I've said all these things so that you will have peace. In the world, you will have trouble. You will have tribulation. But he says, take heart because I have overcome the world. That Jesus said that he's going to be there. That he's going to be there with us. Max Lucado, who wrote the book, you know, you'll get through this. You know, he says, and if you're in a small group, you know, he says this every week. You know, you'll get through this. It won't be painless. It won't be quick. But God will use this mess for good. In the meantime, don't be foolish or naive. But don't despair either. With God's help, you'll get through this. And that's what this series is about, you know. And in the first week, you know, Dave said that um, when you are hitting rock bottom or simply just maybe a disappointment or a setback, you're hoping for something, you didn't get it, or whatever it is, that um, let God speak to you and give you words of encouragement that he will be with you. And that he gave us an overview of Joseph's life, starting from Genesis 37. And he talked about how, you know, Jacob... Had a, had a whole bunch of sons. You know, Joseph was his favorite, had this really special coat, and sometimes Joseph, you know, just kind of rubbed it in a little bit, you know. And um, he's about 17 years old. His brothers were kind of fed up with him, all the favoritism, and they were going to they're gonna kill him, but, you know, the eldest brother goes, no, 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 let's not kill him. Let's throw him in the pit right here. And then when these traveling merchants, you know, walked, uh, was, were traveling by, sold Joseph, their brother, to these traveling merchants who, when they went further, they sold um, Joseph. When they were in Egypt, they sold him to Potiphar, you know, and he was, Potiphar was his captain of the guards to the Pharaoh in, in Egypt. And that, you know, 20 years go by and God was with Joseph. And we'll learn more about that. And then he rises to like the second in command in all of Egypt. And there was this gigantic, terrible, terrible uh, famine that was going on, affected the whole world. And, and it was, was terrible, it was, it was desperate situations. 
And so Jacob sends his brothers to Egypt to see if they can buy some food. Little did they know, right, that it was Joseph that they would see who they thought were de- was dead, right? And they see Joseph, and it's like, whoa, surprise, surprise, here I am. And he didn't condemn them. He didn't, you know, treat them badly. He, well, all he said to them was, you know, I'm not taking revenge on you all, but I'm showing you God's bigger picture. And that he talked about, Dave talked about the 50-20 principle, Genesis 50-20, and how it says, how Joseph said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. God worked it all out for good. He brought me to this position so I can save the lives of many people. And that's that principle that no matter what people do to you unjustly, God's still in control and you'll get through it and he, and he will use it for good. And then last week, you know, Pastor Max talked about how having the right perspective, you know what Bethany was talking about up there, having the right perspective is so vital when trouble comes, you know, and challenges come. And instead of stressing out or doing something really foolish, you know, the encouragement was to take the road less traveled, you know. And, and instead of getting all mad and cursing, that you just do the opposite. You go in the opposite spirit and you begin to praise God. You know how we talk about how it's impossible to worship God and worry at the same time. You know, you try to do that sometimes. It's really hard to worship and worry. And so Max talked about how important it is to praise. And, and, and when trouble comes, to just trust in God's sovereignty, that he has everything under his control. And somehow, some way, even if we don't understand it, he's going to work it out uh, for our benefit and our good. And having the right perspective is so important. And then so today what we're going to do is we're going to look at another truth, another really, really important truth. One of the most important truths, I believe, that if you can grab hold of this one, it'll just change your life. And what this, um, what this is, is a truth that will overcome any fear that you might have. It'll get you through any kind of trouble or challenge that you go through. It's the truth that even in times of troubles and challenges and all the messes that we go through, that the truth is this, that God is there, that God is there, that no matter what the situation you find yourself in, that God is not far away. He's not like he's not forgotten about you, that he is right there with you. And if you got your bulletins, you know, you can, there's notes in there, and we put them on a separate insert now because, you know, when my wife was, was younger and high school, and they go to service, and they take notes, and later on, the Lord would bring things to mind, and and she'd look at all her notes, and we thought, you know, that might help you all at certain times, or you have people at work that, you know, you're trying to minister to or whatever, that keep the notes, and maybe God will bring it to mind later on. But anyway, you can check your notes. The first thing is this. God was with Joseph, that God was with Joseph. In spite of all that happened and what Dave talked about, it was clear that God was with Joseph. And in, in Genesis 39, verse 1, it says, Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard in Egypt, an Egyptian, had, brought him, he had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. And then it says this, The Lord was with Joseph. In spite of all that, the Lord was with Joseph. Right? And he became what? He became a successful man. And he was in the house of the Egyptian master. And his master saw that what? The Lord was with him. And the, that the Lord caused 
all that he did to succeed in his hands. And so Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him and made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. See, God was with them and was blessing everything he did. From, from the time that he made him overseer in the house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake because God was with him. That the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field. And so he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. Because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. And whether Joseph was in that pit or he was a bought slave in a foreign land, it didn't matter because through every challenge, God was with him. It was evident to everybody. He wasn't, just a, he wasn't just like, God is with me. No, everybody could see that God was with him, you know. And um, one of my favorite names, you know, God has all these different names that he's referred to in the Bible. And one of my favorite names, and one that I pray, you know, as I pray through the Lord's Prayer every day, and it says, you know, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And I just stop, and I just think of all the different names of God. And one of my favorite names is Yahweh Shema. Yahweh Shema is from Ezekiel 48. And really what it means, Yahweh Shema means the Lord is there. That's what Yahweh Shema means, that the Lord is there. That that's who God is. That the God we worship is the God who is there. That's who he is, that's his name, and he's always there. And not only was whether Joseph was in a pit or in a foreign land that God was with him, even in a greater way, God had a significant plan for his life. God wasn't just with him. That God had this amazing plan. And all the challenges and all the troubles, you know, God was there and brought him through all those things. And he got through all those things. And he fulfilled the amazing plan that God had for him. That God was with Joseph, it wasn't painless, it wasn't quick, but God used that mess, all those messes, for good. Not only for Joseph, but God used it to save his family and really to impact the world. You see, God was with him in the pit. God was with him. That when he was this slave that was bought from here, went from here to there, and what was he thinking? Oh, man, what is my life going to be? didn't matter because God was with him. The most important thing wasn't where he was. The most important thing was what, wasn't what people thought of him. The most important thing was that God was with him. And God was with him wherever he was. And God blessed him. And he became a blessing to the people around him. That's what God wants to do with us. And that's why the second thing is this. God is with you. That God is with you. That the story of Joseph is a testimony, an encouragement to you that no matter where you find yourself, no matter where you are, your God is Yahweh Shema, the God who is there, that he is there. You know, King David, if you read, you know, the David and Goliath dude, um, he experienced a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble, and he had a lot of pit experiences. So much so that if you read the Psalms, and he's, you know, he wrote a lot of the Psalms, and he's talking about when I was, all, it was in all this trouble, 
God did this. And so much of the Psalms is about, man, I was in need. All my enemies were around me. But he understood and he knew and he experienced Yahweh Shema, that God was with him. And in Psalm 139 was one of those. And in Psalm 139, he writes this song of praise. And he says this, O Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel or when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. And he says, man, you know, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too great for me to understand. And David is saying, man, you know, I just, it's just, it's just unimaginable how much you care about me, that you know everything about me, that the God of this universe, the most high God, cares personally for me. And that's the God who cares for you, that the God of this universe, the God who created everything we know, that he personally cares for you. He knows when you get up. He knows when you sit down. He knows everything you're going to say before you say. God knows you because he's there. No, he's there. And, and David goes on in verse 7. He says, I can never escape from your spirit. He says, I can never get away from your presence. You're always here. It's amazing. I'm so thankful. If I go up to heaven, you're going to be there. If I go to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. And he says, not only, God, are you all-knowing that you're omnipresent. You're everywhere. You're everywhere. You're everywhere I go you are present, that that's who you are, you know, that he is there. And even if you're in a pit, he's there. If you're going through trouble right now, he's there, you know. If you're scared and you're wondering, what is my future going to hold? It doesn't matter. We might not know the future, but we know who holds the future in his hand, and he is there, you see. I remember when I was in a pit of discouragement and depression, it was years ago, and, and ministry had just taken its toll. You know, the stresses, the demands kept piling up. You know, I was, I was trying my best um, to really, really to, to, to do all that I needed to do. You know, you know, pastors, we only work on Sundays, you know, but I had to work on Monday. No, I, we work a lot on Monday. But you see, I was just, it was just getting to me, you know. And it was like, it was, I don't know if you ever felt like this. It's like you're just under, like, dark clouds. When you get up, it's just like, Dark clouds all the time, you know, just like, just like darkness, you know, it's like a gloom, you know, it's like, I'm not feeling good today, you know, that kind of feeling, it's just like, you're feeling junk, you know, and, and I continually heard the taunts of the evil one telling me, Mark, just give up, just give up, you're not good enough that you're not as good as Pastor Cal or Pastor Steve or Pastor Tom, Dick, or Harry. You're just, not, you're just not good enough. And no matter how hard you try, you will never be good enough. Right now I'm hearing this, and I, it was a battle. And it went on for weeks. You know, you get out, it's just like, oh, dark clouds again. Tell my wife, just, just 
feeling junk. Like, what do you feel? I just, it's not just... All I can explain is I just feel like I'm under dark clouds all the time. And then one day, you know, I was... We lived close enough to the office, and I was walking back home. And Psalm, one, and Psalm 40... I mean, in Isaiah 43 <coughs> came to mind. And I just sensed in my spirit that God was saying to me that when you pass through the waters, I will be there with you. When you, when you walk through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. The flame will not consume you. And I just felt God say, Mark, I will be there. I am here right now, believe it or not. And I remember walking, and I just chose to believe it. I said, God, you know what? It doesn't matter if I feel all these dark clouds or whatever. You're here right now. And whether I go through fire or rain or wind or sleet, like the, you know, you're going to be there, you know? <clears throat> and I just had to walk and just to experience God's presence in my life. I was walking and, and just trying to rest, you know, not even think about things, but just rest, knowing that, that God was there. And I was in his presence. And then as I was walking, all of a sudden I thought, you know, I don't, there's no dark clouds anymore. That they're gone, you know. Like, this is great, you know. And I, and I just felt like Annie, you know, the sun will come out tomorrow. You know, I was like, yeah, you know. And, it, and if I wasn't such a manly man, I would have started skipping. But, you know, like, man, I can't skip. You know, it's like, that's a goofy skipping, right? So I was just, but I was just like, this is great. And I go home, and I, and, I, and, I, and I see Joe. And I say, Joe, guess what? There's no more dark clouds. And it was interesting because she said that day, during that day, she said, you know, she had this holy anger. And she said, you know, enough is enough. And she, in Jesus' name, she took authority over those dark clouds. And she said, dark clouds, you got to leave now. And it was her prayer and knowing that God was there and dark clouds left. And I experienced Yahweh Shema, the God who is there. And Isaiah 43 verse 2 says, when you pass through the waters, I will be there with you. You know, that through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. God's promise is to get you through the trouble. Not that you'll avoid trouble, but God says when you walk through, when you go through, when you're going through the trouble, because you're going to go through trouble. But when you go through the trouble, I will be there with you. That's his promise to us. That that's who he is. That's his name. And no matter what you're going through, you'll get through this. Because God is there. And so the third thing is this. Make God's presence your focus. Make God's presence your focus, especially in times of trouble. One of the most powerful things you can do to combat trouble, challenges, and fear when you find yourself in a pit is, is just grabbing hold and entering the presence of God. Just saying, God, I'm just going to believe that you are here with me because he's there, you know, that he's there. That it's knowing that, that God is there 
And it's, and it's just taking the time. Because, you know, for me, it's like when trouble comes, I want to do something, right? And it's not about doing something. It's about being something. Say, God, I've got to rest. I'm going to rest in your presence. The disciples found themselves in a really troubling situation. In Matthew 14, 22, you know, Jesus had fed the 5,000 people miraculously. You know, they had seen God do, I mean, they had seen Jesus do some amazing, amazing things, right? And Jesus tells them, all right, guys, um, go in the boat, go across the Sea of Galilee, I'll meet you all there, all right? And so immediately after this, all that God, Jesus had done, um, he insisted that the disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he had sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell, and he was there alone. Meanwhile, all right, so this is early, like this is about dusk, right? They say, take the boat, go across. So they've been in the boat for a while. Meanwhile, the disciples were in, the, were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. And this, you know, this three-hour tour, you know, this turned into something really huge, you know, and uh, they were just battling, battling, battling this, you know, the, you know, it's like they're on that SS Minnow, you know, and they were just going and just battling the waves and, and, and all this, and then on verse 25, it says about 3 o'clock in the morning, all right, so they've been going at it, all right, and remember, some of them were like expert fishermen, all right, so they knew boats, all right, and about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. What a sight that would be, right? Just going all around. And look, hey, what's that? What's that? That's Jesus walking on the water, you know? And they were terrified, like, what is that, right? And they go, it's a ghost, you know? But Jesus spoke to them at once. Ghosts? I'm no ghost. Don't be afraid, he says. Take courage. And what does he say? He says, take courage. I am here, Right? He's letting them know that God's presence is here in the midst of the storm. Have no fear. I am here. I'm walking on the water just to show you I'm here, right? And he's there. And, and they were being tossed around in that storm. And he comes and he immediately says, don't be afraid. Take courage. Why? Because the, the wind and the rain and the waves stop? No. It continued on, but take courage because I'm here, you know. And then in verse 28, then Peter calls to him. This is Peter, right? Lord, if that's you, really, that's you, then tell me to come to you walking on the water. Like, Jesus, that's you. If that's you, shoot, I'm going to come walk with you then, right? And, and Jesus go, shoot then, come, right? So he come, and Peter went over the side of the boat, right? And he walked on the water toward Jesus. You got to give him something that he actually took the chance, and he walked on the water, right? But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified, and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus, what? Immediately, right? Immediately reached out, grabbed him. Oh, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? 
And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Storm going on. He sinks, grabs Pete, takes Pete up. Pete, what's the matter? Why has a little faith? Storm continues to go on, walks in the storm, walks with Peter back to the boat. When they get to the boat, then the wave stops. Then the wind stops. You see? And that's the picture for us. That Jesus, when he comes on the scene, doesn't mean that the storm will end. But he'll be there and he'll hold your hand and he'll save you and he'll walk with you back to the boat. And so he gets back to the boat and it's like, you know, Pete, always good to teach the group this vital lesson, right? And the lesson was this. He had the right idea because Jesus was there. And Jesus says, you can walk, bro, you can walk. But then when he looked around, that's when he began to sink. And for many of us, when we're going through trouble, Jesus says, it's so important where your focus is. Because if you're going to focus on your trouble, that's rough. It's easy to sink. But if you would focus on me, if you would focus on me, you'll see that I'm there. And I'll walk with you through that storm. I'm going to walk with you till it's over. Because I am the God who is there. You see, the storms in our lives, right, aren't they unexpected, unpredictable? And it's like we don't know when we're going to just, you know, just suddenly trouble comes upon us, right? It's like boom. And so often it, it packs this wallop. They produce fear. It drains our energy. But, but Yahweh Shema is there. That Jesus was there in that storm to immediately speak encouragement. Take courage, never fear, I'm here. He, Jesus immediately speaks to them. That's what the Bible says. When Peter was sinking, Jesus immediately reached out his hand. And the God who is there will immediately be there for you. See? And how awesome it is to experience the presence of God, especially in the storms of your life. I mean, how powerful that is. That in the midst of a storm in your life, Jesus says to you, take heart, take heart. It is I. I am right here. You don't have to be afraid. If you're going to a storm right now, where's your focus? Because Jesus is right there. And he's saying, don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm right here. And he will get you through this. It won't always be painless. It won't always be quick. But God's going to use that mess for your good. And so don't be naive and don't be foolish. Don't despair that you'll get through this because God is there. And that was like a poem. I'm a poet and I don't even know it. Wow, that was like... Matthew 14, 33. At the end, right, after experiencing God's presence in the midst of their storm, they saw God firsthand that he was there. The disciples worshipped him. And they declared, you are really the Son of God. And the question for all of us and for you is, have you experienced the reality of Jesus? Right? Have you gotten to the point in your life where you can say, you really are 
the Son of God? Have you experienced His presence, especially in the midst of a storm or maybe you're stuck in a pit? If you've never experienced His presence, then, then don't let another day go by, really, without that experience. And I want to encourage you, just invite Jesus, just like the disciples, just like Peter, save me! And Jesus immediately reached out his hand. And if you're going through trouble, or you're, going, you're in a pit right now, or there's a challenge that you're going through right now, and you've never experienced God's presence, you know, really, just take that step and invite Jesus really into your life. Just say, I need help. And he's going to be there. Some people have that funny idea of like, oh, I can't come to Jesus right now because my life's a mess. Well, I would say to you that if your life's a mess, go to Jesus because he'll clean you up. No, but, you know, he, I, I'm just like dirty and all that. Jesus understands, remember? Like David said, he knows everything about us. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about me, and he still chooses to love me. You know? That he still chooses to love you. It doesn't matter what you think you've done or what you didn't do, how many times that you've come to church and you was on fire for God, and then you slipped up and you messed up, and you keep coming back. You think, God, how many times is God going to allow me to come back? See? And God says, I am always here. You know, and just keep coming back. It doesn't matter how much times you fall down. The most important thing is how many times you're going to get back up and reach out your hand and grab, let Jesus grab onto your hand. And my encouragement to you is just, guys, experience the presence of God. And so we're going to pray. And, and if you've never, ever, ever said, Jesus, I need you in my life that I've heard about you being my Savior, that you died for me on that cross. If you've never done that, do that today. Don't do it for me, but do it for you. And it doesn't matter. And if you're going through a storm, Jesus wants to come out to you. Oh, I don't want to come to Jesus now. I'm going through a storm. Don't come to Jesus right now. That's when you need him. All right, so why don't you stand with me? All right? All right. And I want to say this, all right, that if you've never prayed and said, you know, Jesus, I just want to accept you as my Savior, let's do that. We're just going to all pray together, all right? But I'm going to say this. If, if you, if you pray, are you going to pray and it's going to be like the first time you really believe it in your heart? After we're all done, if you'd come up, see me, I would love to just shake your hand, you know, because I worked really hard on this message. Like hours and hours, you know? And I think, man, does it really even matter? It's like, if you come up, it'll make the world a difference. So I'm not, no, I don't want to make you feel guilty. But, but if you can, you know, I got money. No, don't, no, I, I don't. We're just going to pray, all right? And we're all going to pray together, all right? All right, so let's just pray. You know, Father, we are so grateful that your name is Yahweh Shema, the God who is there. And you loved us so much that you sent your one and only son, Jesus, to come and die and to be our Savior. That you sent him as our sacrifice for all our sins, all the times we've messed up. 
that Jesus came to pay the penalty for that. Oh, you're so thankful. And so right now, with as much or as little faith as we have, we say, Jesus, I need you. That I want you. That I don't want to go through this life alone. Challenges are rough. Will you come into my life? Will you be my savior? Will you lead and will you guide me? Will you reach out your hand because I just need some help? And grab onto his hand. Thank you that you are the God who's there. And the Bible says that when we become a follower of Christ and we accept Jesus in our heart, that he gives us a helper, the Holy Spirit, to be with us in our hearts 24-7. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask now, just come and come into our lives and fill us. Make your presence known in our lives. And where there's hurt and where there's wounding and where there's desperation and where there's, where there's despair, will you come in, Holy Spirit? Because you are the comforter. And will you come? Come now, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are the God who is there. And so, Father, I pray right now for every person here that, that we would all hear you say to us, don't be afraid. Take courage that I'm here, that I'm going to be with you in your storm, in that pit, and that you're going to get through this, that it won't be painless, it won't be quick, but I'm going to use this mess for good. And so in the meantime, don't be foolish, don't be naive, you know, don't despair either. With my help, you'll get through this because I am Yahweh Shema, the God who's there. We thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. So blessed that you're here. Thank you for coming. Again, you know, if you pray for the first time, just come see me after. When everybody leaves, you can just kind of sneak up or whatever. If not, there's a hunk of food out there that you might want to go grab some to eat. That'd be great, right? God bless. Have a great day.